Hi there, this is Watchin, and you are now listening to the I Choose the Ladder podcast, a podcast for Black women on the corporate climb. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about asking, and I know that I've mentioned this in the podcast a couple of times, and it's just something that has come up a lot in the last you know 30 days or so because as people are going through their goals for the year they realize that they you know may need to ask for help and it's not something that people are comfortable with and so the first part of the episode I'm going to talk about you know why asking for help is so hard for a lot of people I'm going to speak from my own personal experience um, it is something that I'm still working with but then the second part of the episode we're going to talk about why you may not be getting the help that you need. And this is not to like judge people, but these are just like questions to think about Um, and be honest with yourself, right? Because nobody's going to see this. You're listening to this on your way to work or maybe you're at home, but some questions that I think that you should think about because they can be potential blockers to getting to the things that you want. So before I go on to this long rant, let's get started with asking for help and why it's so hard. Um, The number one reason for me that I've come to realize, and it's been a big game changer, is that I think that we give so much power to the ask. Right now, I'm working on um, a summit for the I Choose a Ladder community. It's going to be happening in March, on March 30th in Chicago, and I was working on sponsorship. And what I realized is I would go and talk to a company and I would have so much pressure on like the ask that I everything needed to be perfect. And it was just like, did I do this? Have I done these questions? And the thing is, I've realized if one person says no, there are tons of other companies just like that. So like I approached it more as a conversation and inviting people to be a part of our community as opposed to coming from a place of desperation. Like you're the only one who can do this for me. And so it made asking a lot easier, right? Because that person's answer for me, is not the end-all be-all, right? If you don't want to be a part of what it is that we're working on here, that's okay, and I respect that decision. Having asked, though, at least I know, and I know to move on to the next opportunity um, and find the opportunity and the ask that is right for us in our community. And so I think think about how much power you're giving to the asks, right? Are you treating the person that you're talking to as if they are the end-all and be-all like their answer is the end all or be all to the ask. I think if you realize and accept that there are a lot of different ways to get to your end result, you'll approach your asks with a lot less anxiety. Um, you'll retain a lot of your power because you know that that one person's answer is not going to make or break um, your future or your project. And so I think giving so much power to the person that you're asking tends to backfire because people can sense that and they think that... Um, And it might come off as desperation or it might come off as whatever else it comes off as. So as you think about power dynamics, know that the answer from one person is not the end all be all. And there are tons of different ways to get to um, the place that you want to get to. Um, I think another part of the fear to ask is like the fear of seeming weak, right? I think for a lot of people who are high achievers, we are used to being the ones who produce, right? We're used to being the ones that people come to to ask for things. And so there's a little bit of vulnerability that people can be scared of. I know for me, I don't know if it was like a weakness thing, but it was like a, I can figure this out on my own, which I found out was so time consuming and so exhausting. And typically for my events, I would plan them myself and I would, you know, work and go to school and do all these other things. And for the summit, I was like, I just don't have the capacity to do it. And so I asked some of my friends and 11 women stepped up and they were like, yeah, we got you. Right. But for me, 
it took a minute because I'm like, well, dang, does this mean I'm not capable? Does this say anything about my ability to balance all the things in my life? Like I see everybody else being able to do it. So why should I be the one to ask for help? And let me tell you that asking for help has made the planning the summit so much more fun. Um, I look forward to our host committee calls. It's made it, um, it's made the content that we're going to produce that much richer because I have a variety of perspectives. And had I tried to do this on my own, one, I would have failed terribly um, just because the scale of the event with one person, it just would have been a horrible ex- uh, experience for the people who attended. But also, I wouldn't have had as much joy in it. And so I think for me, I had to get over the fact of it doesn't say anything about my capabilities, right? If push came to shove, I'm pretty sure I could have put something together um, that would have been fine, but there is strength for me in community. And I think that this also gave my friends an opportunity to support me. I'm not someone who asks for support that often. And so um, I think that they were happy to be able to step in and help me um, bring something to life. And it's also something that they're passionate about. So I think if it's a, a question of being weak of your cap- capabilities, think about the opportunities that your ask could provide for someone else to either support you or to hone their own craft and get um, some skill sets that they may not have currently and they want to develop. I think another um, thing that stops you from asking, and I know for me in sales, is the fear of no. I have no idea why psychologically hearing no it's just the worst. Like nobody wants to be told no. And I'm someone, fortunately, knock on wood, who people don't say no to often. And so when someone tells me no, it's like, wait, what? Like I have to take a moment to, to collect myself, right? And so I think the fear of hearing no stops a lot of people from just asking, right? Because you process that no as a no to you as opposed to the no to the request. And that's something I had to differentiate. Just because someone doesn't want to work on something with me doesn't mean that they think that I'm bad or that I'm not worth the um, the investment or whatever it is that I'm asking for. It just means that this opportunity or this thing that I'm asking them about is not a good fit for where they are in their life and their development and their resources, whatever that case may be. And I think Learning not to take no's so personally um, will help you ask more often. Um, I also think that no's are better than maybe's. For I just took an entrepreneurial selling class at Booth last quarter. Professor Michael Alter, amazing guy. If you're a Booth student, take Professor Alter. He's phenomenal. Um, but at least if you have a yes or a no, you can move on, right? But maybe you're still in limbo. There's still hope. Nothing's definitive. You don't know if you should be moving forward or not. And so I think people always want the yes, but the no is just as important as the yes, because that way you know where you stand with said opportunity and you can look to other options, right? In the last part, I said there is not one way to get to your end result. And so if plan A is not working, you want to know as quickly as possible so you can move on to plan B, plan C, plan D, plan E. Um, And so I think the fear of no I think you should welcome the no's. And I read this in books when I was younger that, you know, each no brings you one step closer to your yes. And I used to be like, whatever, man, anybody trying to hear that. But I think it's true because you don't spend energy that's not going to produce any result for you. Um, And you can spend that time that you would be guessing, I wonder if, what if, and all those things. You can spend that energy pursuing a potential yes. And so don't let the fear of no stop you. If you ask somebody to lunch, 
and they say no, great. You know that that's not going to be the person that you're having lunch with. Go find someone else as opposed to like sitting around and waiting. If should I, could I, would they want to have lunch with me? You ask yourself a bunch of questions that you don't have the answers to anyway. Um, and so don't let the fear of no stop you from potentially getting a yes. Until you ask, you don't know what um, that person's uh, response is going to be. You can only assume. And so if the no is what's causing you from asking, I would say push yourself. Push yourself to see like how many asks you can make in a day and see how many of them are actually yeses. Tonight, I was driving home um, from a show and this guy was like, hey, can you help me with some gas? Now, I didn't know this man from anywhere. And I was like, yeah, I got an extra 10 bucks. Why not? Had he not asked, he wouldn't have known. Granted, I could have said no. I didn't. And, you know, and because he asked, he got what he what he needed, at least a portion of what he needed from me. And so, again, no's are equally as important as yeses. Um, and then I think the last thing about asking is that people just don't know when the appropriate time to ask is. Um, and you don't want people to feel like you're taking advantage of them. You don't want people to think that you're being an opportunist. You don't want people to think about, you know, think certain things about your character because you're asking. And to that, I say like, everybody has to ask somebody for something at some point in their careers, period. Nobody gets anywhere regardless of who you are. Even if you were born with all of the resources in the world, at a certain point, you're going to have to ask something of someone else. And so it's not a character flaw or, or, you know, some kind of deficit because there's something that you can't do on your own. Right. I think that as you get more comfortable with asking for things, um, you will start to realize that it's a part of how everybody moves through the world and you'll start to notice it more. And you'll actually probably start to realize how often people ask you for things, right? And so I think it's expected that you ask, not, not that you take advantage of people, but it's expected that you ask um, if you need something. I, I think I may have told the story before when I lived in LA, um, there was a very powerful agent at the time. And of course I had him in such high esteem because he'd accomplished so much, blah, 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 blah. And I asked him, I was like, Hey, how do you know when it's appropriate to ask someone that you know for help or for something? And he was like, listen, if there's someone that you know who can help you get somewhere and you don't ask them, you're a fool. The minute that you need something from someone and you have a relationship with them, just ask them. Give them the like the opportunity to tell you yes or no, but just ask because you just never know what could happen. So again, like it's not a character flaw. It's actually a part of life. And so uh, ask, ask, ask. That's literally on my um, one of my dry erase boards in my office. It says... Trust God, trust the, pro the process, and just ask. Because I have to remind myself all the time to like ask for things and not be so scared or so afraid of what the potential response could be. Um, and just go for it and see what happens. Um, so going back, I've said um a lot in this episode. I think it's because I'm really passionate about this topic because I think it's holding a lot of people back from career success, life success, just success in general. Um, and then I just said um again. Hmm. So I have a list of five things that may be holding you back from getting the help that you want to ask for. And all of these may apply. None of these may apply. I would just encourage you to like sit and think about them. Um, the first thing is you may be someone who's really hard to help. And the re the, let me, I guess, explain that a little bit. A lot of times the people that you are going to ask for help or the people that you're going to want help from 
are really busy and they probably have a ton of people who are already asking them for help. So the easier that you can make yourself, the easier that you can be to help, the more likely your chances of getting help from that person is, and I'll use this example. So let's say you, oh, so my mentor D. D has a phenomenal network here in Chicago. And she's born and raised here, super successful executive. Um, She's a Delta. She's involved in a bunch of other things, very philanthropic in nature. And so if I go to D and I say, hey, D, um, I want to, I want a keynote speaker for this um, event. Who do you know? That could be a million people, right? Like she knows a lot of people. However, if I go to D and say, hi, D, I'm working on this event. Um, I did some research. Here are three people that I think that you have within your network. List those names of those three people. Would you be willing to make an introduction to them for me, right? I've already done the research. I know who she knows that I'm targeting, and she can either say yes or no to making the introduction. She doesn't have to go and sit and go through her role of decks to be like, oh, this is what she thinks that she's doing. Could this person be a good fit? Will she like them? Do I want to do five rounds of emails back and forth to see, does she like this person? Is this person right? Like, she does not have that kind of time. But if I send her an email that's like, hey, D, I'm putting this on. Here are what the objectives are. Here are three people within your network that I think would be amazing. Would you, um, would you be willing to make an introduction? That is basically no work for her. I could even go a step further and write the intro email for her and have her customize it to, you know, to her voice or whatever, which I have done in the past. But again, she doesn't really have to do any heavy lifting. She already knows me. She already knows my work. She already loves me um, as a person. She knows I'm not going to embarrass her. And so that's an easy thing for her to do that would take maybe five minutes out of her day as opposed to a couple of hours. So think about, are you easy to help? Are you clear on what it is that you want from that person? Are you also clear if that person can give you what it is that you're asking for, right? Have you done enough research to know what their reach is, exactly how they can help you, why you're choosing to ask that specific person? And so the easier that you make yourself to help, the more help and the more yeses you'll get when you ask. Um, The second thing that may be stopping you from getting the help that you want is you're not a generous person, right? So if you are not someone who's already giving freely of your time to other people, and it doesn't have to be the people that you want to get help from, just in general, like how often are you helping the people within your network? How often are you thinking about other people when you have absolutely nothing to gain to connect them? How frequently in your day-to-day movements are you thinking about how you can be of value to someone else and then actually going that extra step to do it? Right. So one of the things that I try to do every single workday is I have I connect at least one person to someone else within my network. And it's not because they've asked me to, it's not because I feel obligated to, but my mind is just wired to connect people to people, right? That's what I feel like my network is for. So today there's a partner who's working with us on the summit and there's someone within my mentorship network that I knew would be like a phenomenal resource for them. So of course I asked permission first, but then I connected the CEO with my mentor. She didn't ask me to do that, but I know that that relationship could be very beneficial to both of them. So I was like, I mean, what does it hurt? It takes me, what, three minutes to send an intro email, four minutes to send an intro email? Um, and it's not like I'm keeping count, but I know at a minimum, five days a week, I'm connecting someone to someone else 
or to an opportunity. And they don't have to ask me and I don't even expect them to do, I don't expect anybody to do that for me, but I think being generous with your time, whatever you put back into the world, it always comes back to you. So how generous really are you with your time and your resources? Um, the third thing that may be stopping you from getting the help that you need is that you're always drinking from the same well. You don't have a well-developed enough network yet that when you're asking for help, you're going to the same people over and over again, right? And at, at a certain point, it gets exhausting. And you don't want to be the person that's like, oh, yep, every time she come around, she's asking for something. And your relationships become kind of transactional. And so looking at the quality of your network, yes, your friends expect you to ask for stuff, but they don't expect to be the only resource. I know that I get asked for things all the time right? And it's it's not, I think my relationship with my friends, it's not the same person or the same people always ask me for stuff, but I get asked for stuff all the time, which I don't mind. Um, but I know that if it was the same person asking me over and over for different things, it could feel a little bit draining. It could feel like you're being used. And so think about how, um, how robust your relationships are are, your networks are, the quality of the relationships in those networks, and make sure that you're not taxing one person or one relationship so much that it becomes a drain to them um, and that it's actually something that when you when you do ask them, they're happy to, to help because you don't do it often. Um, we were I was talking about this with one of my coworkers. So a lot of the more senior people in my network who I consider mentors or whatever, people always ask them for things. And so I try not to. So when I ask, they know that it, it's a really, really big deal. Um, and I try to make that kind of my, my practice where just because I know you can doesn't mean that you're going to be the first person that I go to to ask. Now, you may eventually be the person that I ask, but I don't want people to feel like they're being used. And so I make sure that I spread my ask around and not put too much of a burden to deliver for me on one person. Um, the fourth thing is that you haven't deposited enough relationship capital with the person. And so it's hard. When, you're, when you ask someone to help you, whether that be financially, access to their network, access to an opportunity, access to something that it is that you're doing, you're asking them to sacrifice something on your behalf. And I think we don't think about that enough. I think that there are times where we feel entitled to people's networks or entitled to people's resources because we're friends or because we're a part of each other's lives. And we don't think about what we're asking, what we're really asking that person to do. So if you're asking me to introduce you to one of my mentors, what you're saying is watching, I want to put, I want you to put your name and your reputation on the line for me with this person whose relationship you value whose relationship you've worked to cultivate in X a number of years, and you're trusting that I'm not going to go and cause any kind of damage to your relationship. That's a huge ask, right? Because some of the relationships that, that we have, people have been cultivating them since they were like 18, 19, 20 years old. The introduction that I just made today, that mentor, I've known her since I was 18 years old, Right? All it takes is me to introduce her to one or two shysty characters before she's going to start looking at me sideways, right? And so you, you have to think about what you're asking people to sacrifice or what someone is sacrificing when they choose to, to introduce you to said person or have you be a keynote speaker at an event or they have you, you know, do a workshop or whatever. They're putting something on the line for you. And so if you haven't 
deposited enough into that relationship, or if there's not a level of trust there, the likelihood that they're going to say yes to your ask is pretty slim, right? Nobody wants to ruin and burn bridges, especially like if I'm going to burn a bridge, let me burn that bridge myself. Like I don't need help burning any bridges. I will burn my own bridges. And so think about what you're asking someone to do when they are vouching for you or when they're saying yes to something that you've asked. And have you honestly deposited enough into that relationship to warrant getting a yes to your ask? And I don't know what that the answer to that is for each person, but I know like I'm not going to ask something of someone like I haven't talked to you in a year. I'm not about to call you and be like, hey, can you introduce me to X, Y, Z, right? You don't know anything about, and if you know nothing about where I am in life or anything like that, like I think if you don't cultivate and deposit into those relationships, it makes it hard for people to help you because of what that the perceived risk is um, to your ask. Um, and I think the last thing that of the, the top things that I've seen is that you haven't invested enough in yourself yet or like you haven't done enough work for um, for the yes to make sense for that person. So I'll use this in terms of like business. A lot of times people will talk about, you know, um, getting outside money for their businesses. And then you ask them like, well, how much of your own capital have you invested in that? And the answer is like nothing. Or, and you're like, but wait, this is a passion that you had that you are, um, are very, very, that's very close to your heart. You mean you couldn't even find like $50 to get a website or whatever it may be, right? And granted, not everybody has a lot of money, but I think that before you ask other people to invest in you and not just financially, you have to show that you're investing in yourself. Like people want to, as bad as this may seem, people want to get on the back of a winning team, right? Most people don't want to be the first to like to hop on board unless they like are your people. But you have to show that you have some skin in the game too. Like that the person that you're asking isn't the only one who's taking a risk. And so you have to get to the place where you're like, I know that I'm worth this. Um, and so I'm going to put in my sweat equity. I'm going to put in all of this stuff. And again, investing in yourself does not necessarily have to be financial, right? There are things that you can do to show people that you are someone that should be taken seriously, someone who's um, who they should say yes to, right? I think for me, when I by the time that I ask for help, Thomas always makes fun of me about this. By the time I ask for help, 90% of what needs to be done is already done. And people come and help me refine it. But for the most part, by the time something that I'm doing gets to a place where a lot of people know about it, it's about 85, 90% already done, right? The strategy has already been put into place. The resources, I've already identified like what I'm going to be able to do, where I need people to help with, like to fill in for stuff. Um, I've already probably spent a good portion of my own money on certain things. Um, and so... I, I say that to say the person who should be making the biggest investment in your dreams should not be the person saying yes to you. It should be you, right? So this goes for career stuff as well. If you um, see yourself having a certain kind of career and yes, you're going to need help along the way, but there's a, we're doing our Q1 30 day do it right now. And the, one of the ladies on the call, she's phenomenal. And she works in PR and she was talking about the things that she's been doing because like she wants to impress her boss. 
She's hired a writing coach. She's done all of these things to, to let her boss know that she is serious about moving to the next level. And when she was talking about all the work that she was putting in for her own success, I was like, yes, who in my network can I help you with? And then I was like, I know somebody here or somebody there because she had already made the investment in her own success. And so think about how much investment are you making in yourself? And is it more than what you're expecting other people to invest in you. Um, this is a really long episode for me. Y'all know that I try to keep my episodes at 20 minutes or less, but this topic has been coming up a lot. And again, this is just my opinion. It may or may not apply to you. It's just what I've seen um, in my years of working. And as always, if you want to continue the conversation, join us in our Facebook group at I Choose the Ladder. And until next time, thank you for listening.